I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. Gerald Glassford, come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us that five star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you could like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, the great guys at LakersBall.com, the great guys at Lakerholics.com, and of course, the great folks at the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. And if you can go ahead and support all of these great folks, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, the Lakers' grand summer of 2022 continues as we made another free agent acquisition, and it's a return. To Los Angeles, someone we've talked about on the show as a possibility of it happening, and it has happened, Thomas Bryant, who is once a second-round draft pick of the Los Angeles Lakers, returns to us from the Washington Wizards. He is coming off an injury, played only about 20 games or so with the Washington Wizards last season, just coming off of a terrible knee injury. So we're going to see what he's had you know, as far as in his recovery. He has been given a shot at the starting center lineup, so just want to make sure that everybody knows out there he signs with that intent in mind, so we'll see what happens there. Could be the stretch five that helps us win a few games. We'll see what happens, but we're excited about that. We'll talk about that and the fact that with all these players under 30, the team is now younger, but is the team better? than it was last year when we all know what happened. Is the roster at this point in time better than what it was when we finished the season? We'll talk about that as well. Plus, the Kyrie Irving saga continues. No word on the front of what's going on with Brooklyn and whether or not they're going to go ahead and decide to trade Kyrie and trade him to the Lakers. We'll see about that. And is Laker Tom getting nervous? about a Kyrie trade not happening. We're going to talk to him and see what Joe thinks as well. The guys are here. They're waiting to go ahead and chomp it a bit. Plus, hopefully we will get a chance to mention a little bit about what's going on as the Lakers head to Vegas. They did lose yesterday in the California Classic, finishing their record at 2-1. The main guys that have been playing, Jay Huff, 
And Mac McClung did not play, leaving it up to the younger guys to come in and see what they can do. And unfortunately, they didn't get it done as well as they did in the first two games. But heading into Vegas, we'll see what their chances are then. Maybe we'll get a chance to talk about that as well. But also, there was a cryptic tweak which got Lakerland up in an uproar. And we'll talk about that coming up on the show as well. What was the meaning behind that? What was going on with the intent? And did it help anything as far as the overall scene going on this summer for the Los Angeles Lakers. We'll talk about that coming up on the show as well. But first, he is the man behind Lakerholics.com. You got to go ahead and check out his latest article today at Lakerholics.com. It is Laker Tom and Laker Tom. Great to have you here, my friend. Big shout out to the grandson checking us out and our most recent subscriber. Please go ahead and subscribe today on YouTube. So we truly appreciate anyone who does. And Laker Tom, now that I got you here, the Lakers have gotten decidedly younger, doing the total 180 switch from what was last year. We got people who we thought could shoot, who were old, and unfortunately were just old (laughs) at the end of the day for the most part. This year, we've got guys, as Joe would say, can't shoot, but are younger hoping Thomas Bryant can find some of that maybe mojo that he had before the knee injury. I know that's of great concern. And if he does find that mojo, he can actually be someone that really could fit that stretch five that we've always talked about here on the show. But your thoughts so far on what the Lakers have done, they've gotten younger, but are they necessarily better? I think what's interesting about the entire move to get younger, and and we actually have at this point in time, 12 players on the team, and I guess this is counting the two-way players, 12 players on the team out of the possible, I think we have 15 players under contract, Yes, who are under the age of 30 years old, which is really a remarkable switch from last year's team, where we all saw the memes of uh, the bearded LeBron James and you know, uh, old man LeBron James and so forth and all of the jokes about the Lakers being over the hill, which it turns out being over the hill was one of their problems last year. I think it's it's part of a general overhaul of how the Lakers run their basketball operations, which I think is terrific news for all Laker fans. Um, we'll never get going out and hiring, you know, the best people and and casting a wide net. It's always going to be sort of a family-oriented, nepotistic, you know, network-oriented family business. And as a result, you know, when they can finally start to make some intelligent moves, that's that's something to be really happy about. And I think that they've done two things. They they've brought in a young head coach who's who's really a development more of a developmental expert than an X and O's or motivator and so forth of a person. And he surrounded himself with people who also were player development specialists in their previous roles uh, as assistant coaches in the league. And he hasn't, and the league and the team hasn't forced him to add a, an experienced former head coach. So it's a youth movement on the coaching staff. It's a youth movement on the roster at this point in time. And I, I think that makes a lot of sense. The, the players that we've gotten, that we brought in, are a mixed bag. And most of them tend to be very athletic, but probably shooting in the low 30s. And that's pretty much a profile of the, of the average NBA player. 
to be honest with you. And so what they're counting on, the Lakers are counting on, is that, and I think they've seen this in other teams. They, I think they've seen this work with Golden State. I think they've seen this work with with Boston. I think they've seen it work with the uh, Suns. And they've definitely seen it work historically at times with the Lakers, where they go in and, and really have guys that in their third, fourth, and fifth year really make some jumps where they can really be contributors and help the team win the games. I think they're counting on that happening this year. And on the coaching staff, everybody has the same little saying, which is it's how good we are at the end of the year that counts. It's not how good we were on the first day of season. And the Lakers basically last year showed that they weren't really good at the start of the season or the end. This year they plan to take whatever they've got at the start of the season, but make sure that by the end of the season that they have improved the quality of play and, and the ceiling for every one of their players. So the youth, the youth movement, uh, I think they get an A plus for it. And, and that's really for the effort that they've made uh, players individually. There'll be some hits and there'll be some misses. Hopefully more hits than misses will mean that they had a good season. Well, let's hope that was the case. I'm not as high on that as you are. I do think it's a step in the right direction, but I don't think it's the, the windfall that I'm, thinking that the Lakers need the infusion of talent that's going to help round out the roster. I mean, with the limited amount of assets and resources, I can understand why that is. So I think that Lonnie Walker, the fourth is a little bit higher priced than what I think we should have gone ahead and garnered him for. I think we could have split up that MLE if that was the case and still offered him enough to go ahead and bring him in while still trying to bring in someone else. We've seen other players like Otto Porter and, yeah, but DJ it's the length Moore. of contract has been that. Well, Otto Porter been, might we'll be. We'll get into that later. But because but Otto Porter might contract. be only. Otto Porter's a two year, but the second year is a player option. If that's the case, yeah, it's almost that's... like having a one year anyway. So, I mean, he's a lot more talented I would, than I would say with the Lonnie Walker for. Plus, he shoots a lot more and does things that I think help you win games more than what Lonnie Walker does at this stage. But he's Lonnie Walker's athletic. Lonnie Walker can hopefully give you the playing. Uh, the the type of individual play that you need, but hopefully you can develop his shooting even more. Troy Brown is a great playmaker. These guys are long, solid defenders. Nobody stands out as a great defender, but again, it's a team that's going to be younger and hopefully fresher down the stretch if the Lakers are competing for a playoff spot. But here today to talk about the team as well and many things that are going on. It's good man, Deed. You got to go ahead and check out him as part of the groups as Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. It is Joe Sorrow, and Joe, like I said, I think it's a, like, it's okay that they're doing. I, again, I would not have paid so much for Lonnie Walker the fourth. I think they could have gotten someone a little bit better or split up that MLE. But outside of that, I do like the fact that they are trending in a little bit younger this year. They are trying to go ahead and focus on trying to get some individuals that can go ahead and be a little bit more athletic, maybe a little bit better on the defensive end, ultimately. Thomas Bryant. That's a shot in the dark. Hopefully, he'll, he's recovered enough from his knee to go ahead and provide you what you need as a stretch five. But your overall thoughts, the Lakers are younger, but are they better? The question is, why did they sign Lonnie Walker? What's the legitimate reason why? If he's not a good shooter, and was it really because he's, it was a one-year contract, is is I don't. I, I'm. I'm asking you guys. What is? What? Why? Why would you do that? Partly the contract. Have... Partly that he's a clutch client, and partly because he did finish the second half of the year shooting 36 percent from three. Okay, 
Usually when I ask you a question, I already know the answer. But you answered it, Tom. Clutch. I don't. Were the Lakers doing clutch a favor there, or was clutch doing the Lakers is, a favor? Is, uh, the, the, the real question, the question now is the real the Lakers question, have done a lot of favors for clutch. The, right? the real question now is: Is this 2020 title like the Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl win in '95? You might be asking, "What the hell are you talking about, Joe?" <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you guys. I always like to give sports analogies, sometimes within sports analogies. So keeping the short, keeping the story short, Jimmy Johnson, who constructed with Jerry Jones, but it was Jimmy Johnson, really, constructed probably one of the greatest teams ever in the 92-93 Dallas Cowboys. There was then a rift between Jerry and Jimmy. Jerry felt marginalized. Jimmy took all the credit. Jerry, being the little baby that he is, was offended that led to Jimmy Johnson parting ways with Jerry. Jerry then loses in 94, but then wins in 95 without Jimmy. And that kind of gave him that, see, it wasn't all Jimmy. The problem is it was because it was still his players. And the only reason why they didn't make it in 94 is because he had probably one of the greatest teams ever assembled in the 94 Niners. So now he wins in 95 and they haven't done squat in three decades because of how Jerry handles his stuff. And he held, it's never been reported that he held that 95 Super Bowl as why, but I'm feeling like the 2020 title is giving clutch this rope that they can dictate how they can construct the roster. And it's getting quite tiring at this point. I'm not really, uh, upset with the timeline of the Kyrie possible trade. I don't have any inside information. I'm going by common sense and some things that I've seen. And sometimes common sense and what you see might flip. People do different things. But I'm still, I still haven't been convinced how the Kyrie trade is going to happen before Duran is dealt. And the Lakers' acquisitions, minus the clutch thing, is they're going after youthful players and hoping that these guys can flourish because they'll have the energy and hopefully the the, the bodies to stay healthy because they're young. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to use some common sense in there. Maybe that's why they're doing it. I don't know. So. We're in a position here where we don't have, at least from the pre, from you know, the previous or the current last season that finished, we're we're getting youthful, but we're, we don't really have a um, kind of next level role players. Maybe Lonnie Walker comes into his own this year. Maybe they're holding that as a hope. You know, Scottie Pippen Jr. or Sharif O'Neal, or we just lost McClung to. The Warriors from the summer league team. Yep. Uh, I, I, maybe you know. I guess we can give them some rope here because they have actually been pretty good at bringing in guys that are undrafted and guys that are you know late round picks. That Cole Swider has been a pretty good shooter. Cole, Cole Cole is is in no doubt is no doubt if he he keeps his head straight and is with a team that can give him some space. 
he looks like a guy that can be pretty pretty effective in, a, in an NBA right now that's pretty much all threes. He, he'll definitely flourish there, at least from what we've seen. Will he turn into Sasha when it matters? Maybe. We, we still have to wait wait for that in case you guys don't know who Sasha is. Sasha Vujicic was apparently the greatest shooting guard ever in practice. <laughs> but during the games, other than in 2008, not so good. I'm just so, gonna, I'm I'm straightening out my hair. I just yeah. for those who in the know. Just so yeah, you, know. uh, you have beautiful hair, by the way, G. Well, thank um, you. Appreciate yeah. it. Just before uh, I take my foul, my free throw. So to, the answer to your question, Gerald, is it's nice that they're getting younger, but it's not. It, it, age has something to do with it, but is it is it effective age? <laughs> is are they bringing in effective ages? We don't know that. We'll see it. But we have to give them the benefit of the doubt because they have developed young, surprising players. Reeves, Caruso, THT. Uh, heck, Thomas Bryant was our draft pick. He's, yes. you know, so we, we can't. We can't blind ourselves to the fact that the Lakers have actually done one thing consistently since 2014, and that's produce, whether through free agency whether through late round picks or lottery picks, they have draft, they have picked up effective players, players that might not make worldly difference, but all-stars, prominent role players, those things they've done very well and have not really been off on for the last eight years. And if we can get LeBron, AD, and if... Kyrie does indeed come. If we can get those guys to to be all in like they were in 2020, it, it, it does give us some hope that there might be a shot here of, of being a title contender. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. People are just losing their minds trying to consume Marvel products right now, and I don't blame them. This is some of the best entertainment you can get on TV and big screen right now. If something's going to be successful or not, they look at the mentions, they look at the likes, they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets, and they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually going to garner a lot of attention. Is it going to be enough, though? I think the fish out of water syndrome might be enough for somebody like us because it's going to be hilarious to watch two stoner kids we saw barely make it through high school now live in a society that they fully don't understand because they've been stuck in a decade and never came out of it. 
Facebook stars, not ninja stars, okay? I know how some people take things literally, so don't throw ninja stars at us, but like the Facebook stars. Click on those. That's what we want. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. But again, the big question is the Lakers, I think, even with this haul, for lack of a better term, of free agents coming in, it is younger. It is more athletic. It is hopefully better on the defensive end. But one question still remains is that I think we need one more bit of infusion to go ahead and as far as talent is concerned before we can say, you know what, the Lakers are really in a position to go ahead and compete at an upper level in the Western Conference. Big shout out to Blue Magic. Blue Magic was saying that LeBron was brave enough to go ahead and come to the Lakers in 2018, a young team with absolutely no stars. That said, LeBron and Clutch deplete resources and the franchise is at the mercy of LeBron and Rich Paul. Very good wording there. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you've been here on our chat so many I, times, Blue Magic, and I, I can't say I disagree with you as far as what Clutch has done. But again, in essence, you, you with, when it comes to the Anthony Davis trade, you sold your soul. You sold your soul to go ahead and get yourself a championship. But we got our championship, and if you ask most teams or you ask most team fans, if you sold X amount, let's say the Rudy Gobert trade that just happened. If you did the Rudy Gobert they trade. They sold their team, soul. They sold their soul. Well, the Lakers Anthony, did, their, did their two. No, did, no, they did not. I'll tell you why. Anthony Davis, <laughs> arguably, two years ago, was a top two player. You could say he was a top two player. Second best player in the league. Right? So, and he was 27. That means, despite his softness or his injuries, you were looking at a seven-year window of Anthony Davis being an L.A. Laker and being an effective player, 27 to 34. That's usually the big man's prime. But let me say this. Let me say go this ahead. now, go okay? Because you you've given your you've given your assets to the, to the New Orleans Pelicans. Now you're seeing what happens when you give all those assets. You're seeing this. We're seeing this now from the other side of that aspect. Anthony Davis, unfortunately, you know, has been injured since the Lakers won that championship. Hopefully, he'll come back to be the player that he was in 2020 <laughs> in the bubble. I'm hoping that's the case. But we are now seeing the effects of what happens when you make those trades. You don't have as many assets. You don't have as many things. But again, we got a title out of it, so I'm not going to complain. We got a title out of it. That's what we got to deal with as far as long term is having fewer fewer assets, fewer resources. I'll take that any time when you have a 2020 title on your hands, my friend. Yes, but it's it's not just that. You were not getting a Rudy Gobert who will be ineffective when it matters. Oh, I agree. I'm agreeing with you. Anthony Davis, when he's right, is an is arguably the best defensive player in the league. No, and, and but I'm just is, saying, I'm saying their mindset in Minnesota when they did this trade is they think that trade has put them over the top. I disagree. I think it makes them for a good regular season it, team, but in the playoffs, it's going to okay. have a lot of issues. Correct. However, I think for some weird reason, they're not looking at Anthony Edwards in this. My guess is that management truly believes that Anthony Edwards is going to be a mega star. If that is the case, his team right now, if if that is the case, which I wouldn't argue against, he's ridiculously talented. And if, if he, if he stays healthy now, 
you basically say, look, Anthony, we got you the anchor in the back. We have the modern-day big man, which is Cat. Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns. And he's going to be able to kind of be the different – like he'll be the in-between of you and Gobert. And then, uh, again, it's going to come down to Anthony Edwards. If he's a star, if he's a number one overall pick star – then that trade makes sense, and there's a huge possibility that they are going to win a title within the next five years. But that's what that's what they're counting on. If yes. if it was Weissman, let's say, or someone that that's kind of like, eh, then it would have been you just you just totally ruined your future. Well, when um, it comes to well, when it comes to Joe, what's going on with Kyrie Irving? I still think the Lakers are one piece away to go ahead and be at that level where they once were two years ago. And Kyrie Irving, as much to many people chagrin out there because of the track record he has, could be that missing piece. I think he is going to be the missing piece if the Lakers, you know, get him and he is he's got his head on right, and he plays like he should play in a contract year, because this is the, if he's gonna play, he's gonna play this year because of the fact it is a contract year for him and he's now over thirty. Tom, your thoughts on this? I think he's the missing piece, even with everything that we've got in free agency. You can argue, I'm like I said, I'm more with Joe and the fact that, yeah, it's great that they got younger, but they still need more. I mean, with all the stuff that's going on, the posturing going on, it's it's hard, man. It's making me nervous that they haven't got him here yet because I, he is that missing piece. Yeah, but I think that when you, you step back and you think about all of the great negotiations that are done in professional sports or in business, patience is one of the most important things, waiting until the everybody hates uncertainty and very often you're the biggest mistake you can make is to want to push a deal to a climax, want to draw a line in the sand, want to, want to close this deal. So we know where we stand. And that's a serious mistake when you have a situation like this, because the Lakers know that there is no other place to send Kyrie Irving and next to James Harden, there's no other player that you want to have on your roster who is unhappy with where he is than Kyrie Irving. You know, I mean, James Harden is probably even worse at that, but Kyrie is right up there with him. So I, I, I think that everything you're hearing today is posturing. And the Lakers, you know, I believe what Chris Haynes says. He's had the inside story on this all along. He said there's two issues. The first issue is they don't want the Lakers to get less money in the deal. They want to make sure that the Lakers take Harris because they're in the luxury tax deep and they want to get rid of Harris's $40 million. That's one big issue right there, which is basically they're not going to make a trade. Neither team in this case is going to make a trade where the other team saves a lot of money, you know? So the trades are going to be fairly even trades. The logical base trade that's fairly even is, is, Russ Russ makes 47 million and Kyrie makes 37 million. So that means you got to make up 10 million. So the Lakers put in the the the, the Nets put in 20 million dollars essentially. And then you throw in THT. Harris. And there we put go. in THT and you got an even trade. Then the second issue which Crusane says is between the two teams is the draft picks. The Lakers the, the Lakers are not only going to give one draft pick up just because they want to hold on to one. Not because they're actually going to draft that person, but because they're probably going to trade it in next year or this summer or at the trade deadline. They just want to have it in hand. 
So they're only going to give up one pick, and it's probably going to end up being unprotected. Maybe if some second-round picks thrown in there as as this ballast. But it's a deal that the Lakers have to make. It's a deal that the Nets have to make. They each have they each have a pariah on their roster that they cannot go into training camp with. Otherwise, they just risk ruining the entire next season. Um, and then hidden in this all of this in this entire mess is is the simple fact that LeBron James and and Jeannie Buss are involved in a internecine battle for over the extension and whether or not LeBron is going to sign that extension. And that was, you know, you're going to, I know you're going to get into that. So I'll, I'll leave that subject for the moment, but I, I think overall that the Kyrie trade is going to likely to happen and most likely probably next week when everybody's in Las Vegas. Well, so Gerald, I, you, you hopefully will be the fly on the wall there in Vegas yourself. Well, they're, they're here tomorrow. Just to mm-hmm. let you know, they hear starting tomorrow. Uh, what, the when are you, what are you meeting? What are you meeting with the two of them? Oh, with the, well, I'm, I don't know. Raphael hasn't told me yet. I know Raphael is is expecting a, a new child on the way, so it's all dependent on his wife and what's going on there. Raphael Barlow, our good friend, who hosts the Locked On podcast. I, I was NBA talking Big about Board. Rob Palinka, Rob Palinka, and uh, and his counterpart. You know, yes. Sean, uh, Sean Marks. Marks. Well, we'll see. I'd love to see. I'm, I'd love to be a fly on the wall for that conversation, indeed. But <laughs> Nick Wong, someone you're familiar with, Laker Tom, assuming that Kyrie Irving trade goes through along with THT and or none, do you think Seth Curry or Joe Harris is the better second piece for the Lakers to target? I'm saying Joe Harris because he's better on the defensive end. I love Seth Curry as far as I've always watched, admired him. I knew he was he was going to be a good player in this league because you could see it even when he was a backup. The thing is, though, he gets exploited in a playoff setting on the defensive end. That's the only thing people have to watch out for. Yes, he shoots 40-plus percent. He's actually statistically a better shooter than than his brother. But, you know, that's the thing is on the defensive end, that's, that's the problem right now. But Joe's saying anyone would be good. Either one, I don't blame him. Uh, I agree with, with Joe. You can't go wrong either way. But Joe Harris, just because of the fact he's a wing, and can guard well, he's, and he's, big, he's bigger and he and he played he played the last two years he played 70 percent at small forward so he's yeah. not really the shooting guard that he used to be so he's a little slower but he still has that six six size and good length and uh and he's he shot over 40 percent the last five years so yeah petting my Hopefully cat he'll do that in los angeles <laughs> our, our good friend mr petting my cat who's a regular viewer always thank you so much for watching we should give up both firsts We'll end up trading the drafted player for nothing anyways. <laughs> if you if if you end up trading those first and you don't have anything at that time in 2027, 2029, the Lakers are gonna have to bank on free agents coming. Yeah. With no when they don't have when they have salary. They have a pick every other year because they but can't. But this is what happens. Rate. This is the fallout from what happens. If they want to make them. From Anthony Davis, Laker fans have to understand that. You know what? Again, it led to a championship. I will never argue with the fact that, you know, all the picks that we got rid of in in the Anthony Davis trade, this is what the fall of this is the backside of it. This is what happens. You work with less resources and less picks to deal with. That's just part of the deal. But I'll take that 2020 championship every time. I I, I have a question. Uh, The 2023-2024 first-round picks are both – they're, but they're, they're both picks that New Orleans can can. The twenty three no, 23 the twenty three is free. It's ours. 
Yes. And twenty-four is the last pick that the New Orleans Pelicans can get. Yes. So the they can't. They can't. They can't keep the twenty twenty-three pick if they want it. No. The no. twenty-three is the Lakers because due to the Ted Stepien so, rule. Yeah. We can, we always are guaranteed a pick every other year. Ted Stepien made sure that the former <laughs> owner of the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers and he kept trading his picks and then yeah, the five NBA, years worth of picks in a row. Yeah, and the NBA got said no, nah, they can't <laughs> do that anymore. So yeah, that's, that's the thing. Petting my cat says I'd rather watch. Uh, though all those kids developed rather than trading for AD, who seems disinterested now. <laughs> what? Sorry, petting my cat. Uh, that's a petting my that's a that's a that's a petting my dog response. Uh, it's it's. I'll tell you why. You you traded Josh Hart, uh, Brandon Ingram, yeah, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and then all these draft picks that have fruited nothing really of substance and i mean that in the in a sense of new orleans isn't going anywhere in terms He's of laughing, the title petting my yeah I, I i i was doing that to be funny not to be uh you know uh insulting uh it's it's not it's just not anytime the lakers have made a trade that is significant enough that drives them to a championship it has been ridiculously good not just good ridiculously good okay you 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 traded for kareem in 75 kareem ends his career with five titles as a laker you traded uh draft picks for worthy wilt wilt you end up getting a title with wilt you traded for gasol you win two titles with gasol you traded for anthony davis you got you got a title the lakers have a blueprint that they've been using for a very long time that has fruited titles nonstop. The problem is Laker fans in all this. We keep going back and forth, at least I do, in frustration, but also appreciating some things. And the reason why we go back and forth usually isn't because of the gameplay. It just happened to be this this last year for us because of how because we finally did get probably the worst trade. We made the worst trade for Russell Westbrook, and it created in my eyes, the worst Lakers season ever. But it's not so much the results of this. You know, things happen. Years, you know, certain years don't work out. The problem right now is, and I know you're going to segue into this eventually here. I don't know if we want to go this early in it, Gerald, but I'm going to mention it real quick. Is this childish second grade TikTok tweeting that that LeBron and, and, and Jeannie and all these freaking people do where you're just sitting there going <sighs> you're not making the situation better it, it has nothing it's it's uh, <laughs> I love why, what what is the point look i talk smack on social media on my facebook but they're my friends or some think that um, I'm, some of them are my friends but they kind of intertwine but the point is i'm not tweeting to the public, I have a private account, and I'm talking to my acquaintances or friends. I'm not. Soros burn I'm not Instagramming, you know. And again, I'm I'm a I'm a tech guy, guys. I I use it all. I use them all. I got Shams, you know, right away when he drops, it's there. I got Woj. I got all. Look, I'm a technology guy. This business that I have was is the backbone is is technology. The technology of the cell phone, the technology of social media, 
Our unofficial but, sponsor, by the way. But I don't go around and 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 yap about your feelings. Like these, and these people are, are in charge of a billion dollar franchise or a billion dollar product. What are you doing? What 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 is the point? Is there some kind of monetary thing going on where they make money when they? I think that's really what it is. I think that's that's probably what it is. Is Jeannie got so much of a response, she might have gotten money because, hey, this is the LA Lakers took out a PPP loan, and they revoked Jerry West's season tickets. Did they revoke Jerry's tickets because they wanted to sell it to somebody, or did they were they just not happy with Jerry? I'm gonna I'm I'm thinking. They actually did it because they wanted to make more money. They wanted to make money from his tickets, which is a set was a sad commentary. Has it gotten to that? They changed an iconic name that's still around. Staples is still around. It's not like they disintegrated. They changed that name that Kobe and Shaq built to the crypto.com. Like we're back to the dot com names. Well, they lousy weenie names.com. You really want dot com on your on your stuff? They write that kind of check, man. I, mean, I don't okay, give let's... a damn about the check. Mark, <laughs> does Madison Square Garden change their arena to PetSmart.com? No. Staples yeah, that's because was... ES owns it. They don't have to. But, <laughs> the Lakers, Joe, don't own the Lakers are worth $5 billion, and they would sell for seven. Don't tell me they don't have money. Don't tell me they don't have money. That Joe, doesn't wait, make any sense. Staples Center, it's... That was just Here's the bottom line. I have this argument all the time with my sister because we talk about the Kardashians and money. And I'm like, at some point, and this is why things don't go right sometimes in societies because we value that damn money. You can still make money and have your values. At what point does your principles and your money go up and down? At some point, if you let money control your principles, taking out a PP a PPP loan when you're a $5 billion franchise, when you revoke the greatest, arguably in my book, from top to bottom, maybe not the player, but the greatest Laker of all time, Jerry West, how do you take his tickets away? And then we start seeing all this stuff with clutch. Like, what? Are, you're the Lakers. No one t- should be telling you what to do, and you shouldn't be crying on social media. Why? Why are you doing this? You look terrible. You look terrible because... You're running the business terribly. What are the what are the way you want to put it? How? Well, let me let me say this. Let me say this in defense of the former Staples Center. Staples is actually well, the one that didn't renew the contract. I mean, the Lakers look for another sponsor to go ahead for naming rights. That's what started in the first place. That's why Crypto.com in there came in there with all their crypto dollars and ended up going ahead and getting the naming rights because Staples, they're the contract as far as their name on the marquee. They had an option and declined yeah. the option. Yeah, because, you know, it's, it's, it's the business, the way the business is going, the, in the middle of the pandemic, et cetera, et cetera. Crypto. Have, they you know, don't own, Lakers of, don't own yeah. that arena. Yeah. The they New York they, Knicks, basically, and the Yes Network own Knicks, Madison yeah. Square Garden. Yeah, exactly. So... It's a little different story there, but Laker Tom, I do want to go ahead. Uh, Ramon Mendoza says, there's nothing wrong with the name. The Lakers are still the best. Yeah, what's inside the arena obviously counts the most. <laughs> and you're right, Ramon. I appreciate you bringing us back around on that. What is under the roof and who's playing, which pretty soon will only be just the Lakers and the Kings. It won't be the Clippers. They'll be moving down the street. But, you know, Laker Tom, I do want to mention again what 
uh, you know, what Joe was alluding to and that cryptic treat by Jeannie Buzz, which I didn't, I was contemplating whether or not I was going to bring it on the show because it happened around the time of our last episode. Why don't you, read, why don't you read the quote? Cause it's, well, I got it right here. I got it right here in my hand. Yeah. Okay. I miss KB. We all miss KB, AKA Kobe Bryant. He would understand and explain everything that I'm not allowed to. Say that Hon- part again, because that's really important. Honestly, he was the greatest Laker ever. So she differs from you, Joe, in that sense. He understood team over self, meaning your rewards would come if you valued team goals over your own, then everything would fall into place. All can reply. I will say that if you hear the uh, Brian Windhorse and the Hoop Collective episode podcast today, they did have on Lakers beat reporter Dave McMenamin, who actually had a very good way of phrasing that as far as both for Kobe Bryant and against Kobe Bryant, as far as some of the things that happened that, you know, hold both true. But yeah, you cannot argue about Kobe Bryant's fantastic career with the Lakers. Best Laker ever. That's an argument for many people to have. Maybe in fact, you will devote an episode to that one day. Ramon Mendoza. We need the NBA to go back to how it used to play in the 1980s. Well, that uh, do you want the 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 rougher, slower, lower totals? I think. Oh, actually, that's the 90s more say, but the 80s maybe, like you said, you're right. Fast breaking. They got to get rid of the 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 rule where you can go ahead and on a fast break you can go ahead take and foul fouls. somebody. No take yeah, fouls. Yeah, no take fouls. Got to get rid of that. Like yesterday. Yeah, that that is just the killer right there for you. But yes, <laughs> fast breaking and three pointers is what I want to see. But. I'm tired. I'm, I'm I'm at the point with this best ever, best ever this, best ever that. You know, let's go back to the '80s, guys. Let's let's get real here. We're getting we're getting like at some point that there's got to be some progression, okay? Well, the game is evolving for going forward. Everything evolves, okay? Everything evolves, and 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 calling somebody the best ever at anything is stupid at this point. I'm done with it, okay? I'm done. Kobe was the best. Kobe was the best in his era. Magic was the best in his era. Jerry West was the best in his era. That's that's the bottom line. Now, when I was talking about the greatest Laker, okay, from top to bottom, you're talking about from an executive to a player to, heck, even a coach. You know, he led the Lakers to the Western Conference Finals in 77, and probably if he had had a little bit more, and maybe he wouldn't have, I don't know, but he might have led that team in 1980 if, if he had stuck around. But the point is, we're, we're, we're losing f- – I don't know where I, I don't know what at what point do I look at another business owner and say how are you a business owner? Well, let Seriously. me just let me just let me just finish on this and get you back to Laker Tom. Laker Tom. I want to know what Naked HD thinks. Well, I took I banned Naked HD. Ah, oh, it was that would have been. I wanted to see what he was going to say. Well, no, he, he's tried to reach out before. That's a bot. That's going to be you, you know as I do on these bots. They're just they're everywhere. But Genie Bus again. I'm KB. He would understand, explain everything that I'm not allowed to. Honestly, he was a great. What the hell does that ever. mean? He what understood. That well, hold on. Let me finish. He understood team over self. <laughs> meaning your rewards would come if you valued team goals over your own, then everything would fall into place. All can reply. So go ahead. Okay, so reply. let me say one more thing and then let Tom take the take the podium here. Okay. Revisionist history and like recent feelings. I don't even know what to call it. I, I, I don't know. Everyone loves Kobe and the Mamba mentality and all this crap, right? 
But when he got that two-year extension where he was making 30 mil and the Lakers had no shot at anything in terms of title contention, I, I heard nothing but negative during those years. And I think that's what Dave McMenamin was alluding to. He can't, to he can't, he's not a good teammate. He's too mean to everybody. He's making too much money for a team that's not a title contender. The, the amount of fake BS, that's probably the one thing that I wish we could stop doing really is being a bunch of fake posers. I mean, we've always been somewhat of a, you know, all the stories of the Iliad and what Achilles was like since then, right? We always glorified this myth of people's uh, ability and what they were. And you've, you've got a bunch of poser rappers who sit there and say they, you know, they came up hard, but then you end up finding out they ended up going to an Ivy league school, you know, things like that, that are just, Everything's fake. All this, uh, that, who's that clown that does all the boxing that's fake? You know, that guy. We're, we're living in a fake world with fake messages and fake crap. And at this point, when, are the real ones going to come out and actually have some, some intestinal fortitude and take over the shop a little bit? Let's be, let's be real here. Let's, let's talk some real stuff. Let's talk well, truth. Well, hold on. Let me let me say this before I get to you, Tom. I'm going to switch it to you. But petting my cat said that contract was a loyalty gift. Yes, it was. And he deserved it. Yes, I agree with you. He deserved it. But knowing that it was going to tie up the Lakers salary cap for years, as both Laker Tom, Joe Sorrell, and I can tell you. And it, it just basically that's what it did. And that's what that's what it did. It was a great way to go ahead and reward Kobe for his loyalty. But that, you know, that salary cap. $30 million then is a lot. It's like 40. It's like Russell Westbrook's right now. It's going to tie up oh so much your salary cap. So it leaves you a lot less room to go ahead and maneuver and make those, those kind of actions. So seeing that as the case, Laker Tom, finally getting to you. <laughs> Thanks for your patience, my friend. Their thoughts on the cryptic tweet from Genie Bus because it really had a lot behind it, I think. Well, the reference that Genie has in there about what she's not allowed to do and what she's really talking about is really very simple. LeBron James has not given them a verbal approval that he's going to sign the extension when he's eligible to do on August 4th. And the Lakers are not allowed to ask him about that. That's a tampering issue. And so she's complaining about the simple fact that LeBron hasn't given them the okay. And so they're hampered. And what she's doing in response is she has not allowing the Lakers to sign any players' contracts or trade for any player whose contract lasts longer than LeBron's does. And right now, LeBron's contract lasts one year. This is why we ended up with the guy that we drafted in Walker. Lonnie Walker the fourth. the only reason we drafted him is because he was the only MLE candidate who was willing to take a one-year deal And it was probably a favor on behalf of Crutch to force him to take that deal just so that the Lakers would have somebody. And he was somebody that they do think has talent. And I think a lot of these picks that we saw of these young players, a lot of them were basically being chosen also by the head coach, Darvin Ham, because he was in the the war room with uh, Palinka with all of those choices. But Jeannie's, Jeannie's comment is, her way of getting around the tampering thing and saying, LeBron, what are you doing? Be a team player. 
sign the extension. Let us know you're going to sign the extension and we'll go out and we'll finish the deal with Kyrie Irving. We'll get rid of Russell Westbrook. We'll get you a team that can win a championship, but it's a two-way street. You have to sign the damn extension. I don't think that's the case, Tom, because if if they get Kyrie, he's probably going to sign it. Maybe. Why would he not? Where else is he going to go? Why would he not tell him? Why would he not tell them at this point in time? He see, he's just LeBron is using his power at this point in time by abiding by the rules where the Lakers cannot ask him. The Lakers cannot ask him about that contract. Because nobody in the NBA tampers. Yeah, I know, but how are you you tampering with your your current player? He's not eligible, and he cannot talk about an extension until August 4th. How is how is it tampering if he's a he's signed to your team? That if he's not eligible for an extension, and you cannot talk about a future extension until August 4th, period. LeBron is using that rule to not let the Lakers know what's happening, and the Lakers in turn are only limiting are are only going to do deals for one year contracts. We're at an impasse. Okay, that has to be resolved, or else there will be no deal for Kyrie Irving. Okay, so let's 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 roll with that for a second. If that is the case, then maybe, maybe by him signing that contract extension, and them assuming that LeBron is Tom Brady, he's probably going to play beyond twenty twenty three. Well, it's a two year extension. Sorry, twenty twenty four. It's a two year extension, so he's got a year to go. I, I get, I totally get what you're saying, Tom. But the question now is, if that's the case, that let's say, let's just say hypothetically, LeBron says, "I'm going to sign the extension." That means what he's he going to be with the team. If you, if you get Kyrie, I'll sign the extension. Well, I think it has something that's, to do with the fact that are they going to extend? Are they going to do a sign and trade? No, or they can't extend Kyrie. He's a, he's a, he's on the team. He's not a free agent, so you can only do a regular trade. He I thought about after in. he's a Laker. He, no, he opted into his contract with the Nets, so the Lakers can only trade for him. They can't do a sign. You can only sign and trade for a free agent. He's not a free agent anymore. I think they signed the contracts tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. Don't all these contracts get started? Uh, they have, they're official tonight, they're, actually. Tonight, tonight. Yeah. They, okay. they right, can right sign them tonight. They, they can, can sign them right now, tonight. yeah. Yeah. The but, so he, he, there's no sign and trade anymore, which is good because the Lakers don't want to sign and trade. What's going to happen is they're going to talk at the con at at the you know hopefully they'll go over to Gerald's house and uh, and Gerald will you know treat him, pull out his hundred uh, year old whiskey and give him each a couple of drinks and uh, and then you know we'll, well, well, we'll Gerald, make sure how about that a twenty day old Coke? I thought John are in a good. I thought when you said Gerald, I thought you meant Gerald West. I'm sorry, Gerald Bust. That's his real no, name. No, his... we're talking about Gerald Glassford here. How um, about a twenty day old Coke? Yeah. So it, no, but I think I think that for this kinds of deals Marks and Belinka need to sit down together. You know, and work it out. And I think that they will in the next week while we're here and while they're both in Vegas. McTen had basically a prediction of the of what the trade is going to be and and his trade was basically Russ and THT for uh, Harris and, and Kyrie with the Lakers throwing in an unprotected one unprotected first round pick and a couple yeah, pick of pick 27 or 
or 29. Yeah. Pick one of them. No, I think unprotected. That makes sense for, makes sense for no. both teams. Top five at least. Yeah. At the very Doesn't least. Matter. Doesn't matter. You just yeah. you got to bet on your own team. And and the problem the problem with that, Joe, is that there have been eight unprotected first round picks traded in the last year and a half. And uh, weren't three your of them argument, alone, your that? argument is we're not going to give you two picks, but what we will do is we'll make the one pick we give you unprotected because an unprotected pick has immediately great value because you can trade it. They're never going to use it. They're going to trade it to somebody. Well, the Rudy Gobert was two unprotected yeah. and one very lightly protected, if I remember correctly. No, he was one of two, either one of 27 or 29 unprotected and in two seconds. Down the no, road. no, Rudy Gobert. That was oh, that Gobert. Was, I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought Gobert was, I think, two unprotected. <laughs> they had three unprotecteds in that. Okay, I thought two is two and one. Well, it just you know, he, that yeah. was a hell of a deal for you know, yeah. We had four picks plus the first round that they just drafted, and yeah. three of the picks were unprotected, and one was <laughs> top five protected. The last, the last pick was top five protected. Okay. All right. But okay. What is this? What is this? Just closing the out next, the conversation on the Jimmy next, co- the next collective bargain agreement. They just need to say, look, there's no more protect this, protect that, switch this, switch that. You either trade the damn pick or, or you don't. And now what what's going to happen at the next the collective bargaining agreement is that they're going to have penalties for any time you, for players, they're, they're going to do something to prevent players from asking to be traded out early. There'll be a penalty, some penalty for that. Well, they we'll want people, we... they want players to live out their contracts. I mean, we'll listen, see. look at KD. This is ridiculous. He signed a, he's got, he got a four years, four left, years left. Hey, look, he you, need to, you, you need to relax. For all we know, Jay Young might be his burner account. You got to take it okay. easy. Well, Kevin, the thing is, let's close around, this conversation. Know. This goes as part of the conversation. Well, wait, we just got it. Just start, start getting good. <laughs> Well, Genie Bus, though I want to fi- finalize that, but okay, do you think uh, once and for all, do you think it helped the situation that's going on? With you know, as far as did it make Rob Palinka's life easier? Did it make his job easier? I don't think it did. I don't think it's it's you know when you go ahead and do that as an owner, you put out those cryptic tweets like a la LeBron. What well, he Rob, does with his Rob is a he's you know it does it doesn't help it, matters. It doesn't yes, help. It well, Rob sure Rob is like a. I don't you got to get it out in the open, man. He's, it helps. He's, a, he's a wuss. They're going to talk in Vegas, care. too. They'll both be in Vegas, and they'll both talk. What's he going to do? Manos from above stuff? Like, no, what guys... he's going to do, do is they're going to sit down, and Genie will say, okay, if we trade for Kyrie, will you sign the extension? And LeBron will say, yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> and she'll say, why didn't you tell me that earlier? Actually, no, no, no. He wouldn't say no. He's, he's a passive-aggressive yeah, you know, I mean, guy. He'll probably They're just leave the room. going to understand that it's to LeBron's benefit <laughs> and it's to the Lakers' benefit for you know for them both of them for them to get Kyrie unless unless Kyrie sign the extension unless Kyrie is feeling like you know uh, I don't want to you play. don't want Kyrie if you don't have LeBron believe me LeBron is the only reason that you can handle Kyrie <laughs> at least if I was the coach I'm, I'm I trying to figure out you. We just made we just made that mistake with Russell Westbrook. We yeah, thought but, but, Russell but, Westbrook but, could play with LeBron because yeah, LeBron's a big played difference with everybody. Between the regular play of Russell Westbrook, and we got to hope that that Durant doesn't go to Toronto. Well, the thing yeah, is well, now again, yeah. 
just hope that Toronto doesn't win and that the, the, the virus is still not hitting everybody. And we know Canada. They're gonna they're, yeah. they're, they're making it worse over there. Oh uh, well, leave Canada alone. Leave Canada alone. We've got <laughs> got Sean Grice there. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. Leave Canada alone. Hey, leave Canada. Canada. Oh no 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 Canada. We love you. I love you, Canada. You know, good friends. Love you, United States. Love Canada. Love everybody that listens to us and watches it here at the Lakers Fast Break. Drink oh, Canada gotta, dry. I always got to be the PR spokesperson for the Lakers Fast Break. I was in the middle of a storm in Canada once. It was pretty crazy. Oh my gosh. You're yeah, always get, you're gonna create another storm. I saw a truck. I saw a truck hit a cow. Look, man, Canada is no different than Colorado. The biggest Utah. accident I ever saw. We 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 think all these places are different. They're not. They're all the you same. can't believe how much blood a cow can put down on a highway. Where did this conversation go? But if you have thoughts out there on the genie bus cryptic tweet, please go ahead and let us know in the comments. It is, that tweet is going to solve everything because it's don't going to force them tweet. To, it's going to force them to talk. <laughs> And the result of the issue because they have tweet. they can't go forward, so they're going to meet in Vegas at the same time, probably as Rob is meeting with Jeannie and, and LeBron. Jeannie and LeBron will be having brunch on the other side of the restaurant. Well, I'm going to be in Vegas in three weeks, so we'll see. Well, Gerald, Vegas has a lot of Gerald, great. You staying with Gerald? No, I don't stay with nether men <laughs> come on we've got a spare room but need i digress vegas has a lot of great eating places so you know if you guys need help on that let me know but zach before we close out cleveland wanting to trade lavert uh what does the lc have a marketing and two first round picks for lebron <laughs> not enough not enough zach not enough have to be a lot more than that we just saw what rudy gobert i think it's that kind of haul which we would be looking for for LeBron James if he were to be traded. But I will say if anybody's got comments on the tweet that Jeannie Buss made or anything else going on with the Lakers, please let us know here at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter. Lakers Fast Break, of course, on Facebook and YouTube. Please go ahead and subscribe. We need more subscribers on YouTube. And if you can go ahead and do so, we'd be greatly appreciative of it. Please click on that subscribe button. It's down there. It's right there. You'll see it. You'll see it. I don't have the fancy graphics like those other places yet, but you know what to do. Hit that button and subscribe today on YouTube. Plus also as well, like our page on Facebook at Lakers fast break on Twitter. Or if you got questions or comments for us as well, the old fashioned way Lakers fast break at yahoo.com. Don't forget ox 1947 is always lurking around somewhere at Lakersball.com. <laughs> <laughs> it's looking like that, I guess. And then, of course, Laker Tom has got his articles. You got one coming up for us, Laker Tom? Yeah, I do. I, I have one about how uh, how Darvin Ham's new uh, four-out offense is going to take the Lakers into the modern era. Well, it could be five-out if you have Thomas Bryan out there. Don't, you know, it's it's a funny thing. They really – they used to use in, – in the Bucks they used to use a five-out offense. And the problem that they found is, you know, you got two guys in the corner and, and you got three guys up at the top of the key. And it's this is one of the things that, that also I used to always run into this problem in youth coaching, which is that when you've got three players and three defenders up at the top, it's hard to get by them because there's a help defender on each side. You know, you, you've got two help defenders in there. And so it's kind of funny what but Budenholzer did is he actually, in teaching his players where they're supposed to be, he actually drew big squares on the court 
for them to go and uh, to show the players where they are. And the key thing about this is that if you put one guy down in a dunker spot, roaming the baseline a little bit, and you just have two guys in the corner, and then you have your two players up at the top, all of a sudden, those two players at the top have a lot more open space to attack the basket. It's much harder to double-team them. And that is really why you saw them after the first two years when he was with the Bucks, Bud changed this system to being the four-out because he has a better chance for the two guys at the top, which are usually Middleton and Giannis, of getting, being able to beat their Pellier and go to the rack. And most of the offense that they're running and that Darvin Ham is going to be running is going to be based upon penetrating and then passing out to an open three-point shooter or hitting a guy for a lob. And so the four-out system actually is better for creating spacing than five-out simply because there are fewer players. It spreads the players out more and makes the, the top of the key and the wings easier for those players to get into the paint. And that's what you want when you got all three of the Lakers superstars, assuming that they get Kyrie, uh, will benefit greatly from being able to have a lot of space to operate. Well, I want to mention that Joe Sorrell in the comments, Ox1947, put the all-time Lakers starting lineup. Go ahead and share your thoughts on YouTube in the comments right there for you. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Put in it, you know, even as you watch this video, if you come back and watch this video, please share us in the comments. And we'll go ahead and respond on YouTube. I know uh, that Joe has Mikan, Gasol, West, Bryant, and Johnson. That's not too bad. And he gives his evil laugh as he does that. So please go ahead and share your all-time Lakers starting lineup with us. I know that Ramon actually had some of his uh, thoughts there as far as Magic, Kareem, Kobe, Jerry West, and Shaquille O'Neal. You know, these are all great choices. And again, everybody in the chat had a, did a great job today. Laker Tom, you had something? Yeah, I just wanted to wish uh, my grandson, Nick, happy birthday. Oh, well, happy, happy birthday. birthday. Absolutely. Wow. Happy birthday and, from uh, all of us. Go Lakers. And go Lakers indeed. Joe, any last thoughts before we head on out, my friend? Go where? <laughs> where are they going? Uh, hopefully I, on the way up. I'm going anywhere right now. <laughs> No, that's the problem indeed. But who knows what will happen as far as that's concerned with Kyrie Irving. Could the trade happen soon? Could the trade happen a little bit later? I don't know. I mean, we've gone from happening momentarily just after our show ends, you know, what Laker Tom was saying. Now it's getting a little bit more nervous and more nervous. Well, the the best way to tell what's going to happen and things like that is to look to Vegas because the people with the money are usually the people who know. And in Vegas, the odds for the Lakers getting I know, hurting. I know. Still, I'm, with Gerald, what are they? Minus They're, 400. Yeah, minus and, the, and the Lakers yeah. went from a 25 to 1 to a 10 to 1 shot now. I know. The, the championship. Yep. That's to win a championship. Yep, I know. That's for sure, indeed. Uh, Jim Faison said, if Westbrook is still on this roster on opening night, you're just echoing what Laker Tom and Joe Soros <laughs> says. You can forget it. They agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. I just don't think it's going to be that easy getting rid of Westbrook. But, you know, maybe if we can, go ahead and trade him for Kyrie. We'll see if that happens. Nick Wong, happy birthday again. Go Lakers. Thank you so much to everybody out there that's watched and listened to us. Please go ahead and subscribe today on YouTube. Go ahead and like our Facebook. Go ahead and follow us on Twitch. And also as well, you can go ahead and follow us on Twitter. And, of course, you can check us out. 
Oh, they're back. They're back. I'm going to block them again. Block them again. Block them again. Yep. That sorry, Naked HD. You're going to be blocked. Sorry. Uh, sorry. You're blocked. This? That ended my day. That ended my day on a happy <laughs> note, blocking that kind of user. But again, appreciate everyone out there checking us out. Please go ahead and check out our next episode. Unless anything breaks, we're going to go ahead on Sunday and give you our normal everyday show. I think it could happen on Sunday. Sunday. Sunday sounds like a good day, you know? It does sound when, like when a there's a Laker game, right? There's a Laker game. Yep. It there is a Laker um, game. Yep. You never who know. Do, who do we play on Sunday? Let me see the uh actually we're gonna go ahead and check who out we the play list. The Nets by chance? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Gonna have to uh see what happens with that. But yeah, definitely uh looking forward to the Lakers Vegas Summer League team going to go Maybe ahead and LeBron, start. Jeannie and and Mark and and oh, uh, you Rob hope Wall that get together and have dinner. You hope, night. you hope, you hope. Okay, here's the Lakers start their season as far as the Vegas Summer League on July the eighth. That's at seven p.m. Pacific. Lakers and Hornets on Sunday, July the tenth. Mm-hmm. So just everybody let know what's going on. Jim says good program, guys. We thank you for taking time out of your day for watching us. Thank you for the compliment, indeed. And big shout out to everyone out there that listened and watched and was talking in the chat, except for Naked HD. Sorry, no can do there. But you've got any questions for us? Ooh, yeah. You know where to hit us up. Oh, Victor from Guatemala City. Go Lakers. Go Lakers. Appreciate you watching and listening. And thank you so much. And we'll be back definitely on Sunday. Hopefully a lot sooner if anything breaks. But definitely on Sunday to give you our thoughts on the Vegas Summer League for the Lakers so far. And we'll be going ahead and doing that at least Sunday for sure, right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. <laughs>